It's Friday the 5th of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. Shane Lee, how are you? And the in-laws are coming to town. They are coming to town, mate, this weekend for a whole week and a half, mate. So we have to get the house ready. Um, I'll be playing a bit of golf with them, mate. So, yeah, it should be a bit of fun, mate. You looking forward to it, Shane? <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever look forward to your in-laws coming and staying at your house? No, um, no. They'll be staying around. I'll be staying around the corner, but um, yeah, I'll be looking forward. Lorraine hasn't seen her, her parents for a couple of years, so no, I'll be pretty excited about that. I'm mucking around. I'm sort of coming out of the meet the Fockers kind of mentality. No, no, it's great. And the borders, of course, particularly between New South Wales and Victoria, yes. open for everyone. So there's a sense of normality there. And there's a sense of normality to this Friday because we've got Brisbane comedian Chad Wicker with us and former Olympian John Stephenson. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called main hair care. Oh, main hair care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main hair care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, main hair care. Now, Shane, the Aussies, they really fired up last night. I watched this game. Mitchell Stark, boom crash opera. Warney had criticised him. Mark Waugh had criticised him. And uh, he bowled fast. He took a wicket early. And they just demolished Bangladesh. Absolutely smashed them. Don't forget, we lost 4-1 to Bangladesh in a recent series. The Aussies went into this match sitting third on the table behind South Africa on a run rate, a net run rate. Um, and they came out and absolutely dominated Bangladesh, bowling them out for 73. Mitchell Stark, as you said, took an early wicket, two for 21. But it was Adam Zampa, the leg spinner. Um, I played career with his dad. He's from the South Coast originally. And he took five for 19 and had a, a hat-trick ball dropped by Wade. Um, then Australia came out and chased the runs down in only 6.2 um, overs, which means they are now sitting second on net run rate and a good chance if they beat the West Indies. They go into the semi-finals now. Yeah, Zampa bowled beautifully, five for nineteen, and it was such an interesting, almost comical exchange because the hat trick ball came at the first ball of the following over, so he got two wickets in a row for the last two balls of one over, and came back to bowl, and that was a hat trick ball, and it was a thickish edge, and Matthew Wade dropped it, <laughs> and and you could just see Zampa say. Mate, that was my hat-trick yeah. ball, and Wade goes, well, I tried to catch yeah. it. He's quite flippant about it. He may never have had a hat-trick before. <laughs> no, he'd, uh, he dropped the hat-trick there, but um, yeah, Adam Zamba's got a very, very quirky type type of personality, and uh, yeah, as you said, Timmy, you mentioned, he just dropped my hat-trick ball. <laughs> he goes, well, I did try to catch it. Anyway, but um, the Aussies in a really, really good position there, Tim, and um, hopefully that form will continue. Warner also got 18. Um but it, it, was, um, it was Finch, the captain, that sort of came back into form, hitting 40 off about 20 balls, so... At least there's some positive stuff happening at the top of the order. Oh, he came out and crunched them. That, that was a demolition yep. job. It really was. And to get their run rate back to in front of South Africa, just an outstanding job by the Australian cricket team after they had been criticised. Uh, and that's what you want to do. You want to bounce back after a bad loss. And that's what they have done. All right. On the way, it is Shad Wicker, Brisbane comedian, all things rugby league and NFL.
Okay, I love this time of the week. Brisbane comedian, he loves his sport. Shad Wicker is with us. And before I welcome him to the show, I need to tell you a little bit of a backstory because uh, just prior to us coming on, we had to push it back a little bit because Shad had locked himself out of his own house. How did you do that? I don't take full responsibility, okay? I've, oh, you have to. I've got, <laughs> I've got a dog. So she's had this big round Jesus. cone thing on her head at the moment. So every morning before I come on, I always go for a walk with my dog because mm. I'm a responsible pet owner. Uh, but as we were leaving, um, I was still messing around with her head trying to get her through the door that the door shut behind me with my keys on the other side. <laughs> I was like, I'll get the walk in. I'll be, I'll be back in time. It'll be no worries. And then when I got the message, I was still outside being like, how am I going to get in? But I'm brave. I climbed in. From lockdown to locked out, yeah. Hey, uh, mate, let's start with a bit of um, uh, NFL. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. Lied, and now he's got COVID. Isn't that a crazy story at the moment? So the, the um, Green Bay Packers are on a roll at the moment. They lost their first game of the season. They're on a massive winning streak. Um, Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP of the league, uh, said in a press conference before the season started, he was straight up asked, are you vaccinated? His answer was, I'm immunized, but I do think that it's a personal choice. Now, fast forward to just this past week after a big win by the Packers, he gets tested. He's positive, test positive for COVID. Now, the NFL has a rule. If you are vaccinated, you can get uh, tested twice before the Sunday game. And if you are uh, negative by then, then you can play on the game. But if you are um, unvaccinated, you actually have to be out for one to two weeks um, depending on when your negative test comes. So it looks like the Green Bay Packers could be without Aaron Rodgers for two weeks. But what makes matters worse is his footage of him not only lying at the beginning of the season, but walking around not being a part of the NFL protocols in terms of wearing a mask when he's around his teammates, being at certain training sessions. So it's a big controversy in the NFL right now. Um, and it seems to be a quarterback thing. There's about six, seven quarterbacks in the NFL that are all unvaccinated. There you go. So it's an interesting little uh, piece that's going to – I think it's going to have a knock-on effect to a lot of other teams over the next few weeks. Yeah, they're not making it easy for them, are they? They're really not making it easy. And what about what about the Chiefs? What's happening over there? Uh, well, the Kansas City Chiefs are probably one of the craziest stories of the NFL season so far. I mean, we all know uh, who Patrick Mahomes is. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, He, he was uh, won the Super Bowl for the Chiefs after, a, what, it was 1952, I believe, the last time the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Huge. Everyone said this guy is going to be the greatest of all time he's going to win multiple super bowls he went back and was beaten by the greatest of all time last year in the uh, in the super bowl this year the guy has thrown more picks so more interceptions in the first seven games of this year than his entire career so he is on a very downward slope and every nfl team that plays the chiefs seems to know how to either beat them or keep it close the guys are four and four at the moment and they're looking like because of how tough their division is, is that they won't even make it to the playoffs this year. So what's what's going on in his head, do you think? That's what people are kind of saying because he has – one of the theories around it is he has a little brother who loves TikTok and yep. has been quite controversial over the last few weeks by doing things like uh, dancing on op- opposing teams' logos. Oh. Um, he even danced on a memorial for a, for a uh, player from Washington that they were oh, doing a really? remembrance for. Uh, so they're saying that maybe there's a knock-on effect. His wife is also putting up a lot of videos during the game, getting into fights with uh, arguments with uh, punters on the sideline. So oh. a lot of people are saying there might be a bit of noise around him that seems to be Negative. Yeah, yeah, negative with this slump. But also, this guy signed a half a billion dollar contract. 
Yeah. <laughs> like the Kansas City Chiefs put everything in this guy's basket. He signed that contract, turned around, became a part owner in their baseball team. Like he is very rich. So a lot of people yeah. are kind of saying, Does he has he lost his edge already yeah. because of the money that's been thrown his way? It's big bucks, isn't it? It's crazy money in the NFL. I'll tell you what. I mean, no wonder everyone in the AFL tries to be a punter. I mean, yeah, even a punter right. makes more than some of the highest paid NRL players. Mm, absolutely. It's good money. Now, Brandon Smith, uh, everyone wants him. <sighs> Mate, I, I wanted to find out off you guys because you're more in uh, in the know than I in many ways. But I know for a fact that the Dolphins have had a red hot crack. He's mm-hmm. on their hit list of players that they want to get. But uh, the Titans are another one that put their hand up. Apparently, according to the news I've been seeing, it started with the Titans. They were the first ones to be like, hey, here's a big money contract. This is what we want to give you. The Dolphins were next, and then the Roosters were after that. But his management's saying that the, even he's now putting calls out to multiple teams to see what their offers are. Does that mean we're 100% not seeing him in a Storm jersey next year? I don't know. Or, or, or is he trying to push up his value there? Like, well, he got offered many- $2.2 from the Storm. It'd be crazy. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he thinks he's worth a lot more or, or it's his time now to, to make the real good money. But it's, um, it's a big, big call leaving the Storm. Do you think that he's worth that kind of money? Because I like you think of what he's been sitting behind Cameron Smith for what was it two two and a bit years? Yep. Behind arguably the greatest to ever do it, and he's like you know learnt. He's been a massive key player for the Storm there, obviously premierships and whatnot. He's represented mm. his country off of, as a bench player. He's represented as a starting hooker, beating a whole bunch of other Kiwis that were mm. starters. So he's he's obviously great. So it, do you think he will become? Like is is deserving of that of that kind of status of being one of the highest paid, or is it just the market demanding? Uh yeah. Well, look, I think they've found the money. I think I think two point two would probably top it out, wouldn't it? Because he's a very very good player, but you couldn't say that he's in that next level, is he? He's not. He's not in the elite elite level. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, but you know, how much of a team? How much uh, is it? His manager trying to get every last scintilla of uh, money out of it. Uh, yeah, look, he'll end up somewhere, won't he? He's also a little bit of a pioneer in terms of mm. what he's done in this past week with the uh, guys from YKTR. I'm sure do you guys know YKTR. No. So it's a brand <laughs> started as a clothing brand uh, called You Know the Rules. Uh, Corey Norman, oh. Isaac John, bunch of ex rugby league players started that. Isaac John uh, is one of the guys. That started they just signed uh, Brandon Smith as one of their first players to their oh. brand entirely signed in crypto so his contract is in ethereum it's like a he's kind yep. of moving into sports contracts which in australia is mm. is the first person to ever do it whereas in the us you've got tom brady sacrifices some of his uh, contract into Bitcoin. Yeah. But so you know what you know what Shad the reason why Shane and I don't know is because you know a lot of these brands have XLs that your 12-year-old couldn't fit. So <laughs> yeah, some of the brands cuz we've got big shoulders, we're big guys, we've got big shoulders. Um, absolutely. Well, mate. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a shoulder. Um, yeah, it's definitely yeah, a shoulder. Timmy, well, mate- you, Timmy, you used to love that brand DKNY, wasn't it? That, that, that was your favourite. <laughs> I just love anything that's got triple XL. Shad, <laughs> love you, mate. So you should stick glad to you- Lowe's, boys. Sign with Lowe's. At Lowe's. Glad you, glad you got in the house. We'll talk next week. <laughs> Coming up on Afternoon Sport, former Olympian, it's John Stephenson. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. 
He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Oh, he's back. He's back in the country, ladies and gentlemen, former Olympian John Stephenson. I can hear the applause. And he's jet-lagged. How are you, John? <laughs> hey, Tim. Hey, but what happened to John Day? Like, I'm kind of confused. Like, I go away for a little bit, and then you start dropping, like, you know what I mean? The main reason why we do Fridays. Like, what's going on? I didn't want to go too hard. Hey, Johnny. Johnny, I want to ask you, mate. You've, um, as an SAS boy now, um, did you come back in Australia through customs, or did you parachute in? How did you come in? <laughs> in the dark of the night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, they thought it was a bit weird while I was wearing camo gear and had face paint on, but you know, I, I just wanted to make sure I could get in. You know what I mean? Like it's been a while. I was trapped out there, man. Uh, now, John, um, Remy Gardner. What about this? Thirty-four years after his dad's title, this weekend he could be another world champion. Of course, his dad being Wayne. You know, in the MotoGP, it's, it's funny. I watched this documentary called Hitting the Apex whilst I was away. Just what these bike riders go through is just absolutely amazing. And I suggest anybody who has a bit of time lost their motorsport, watch this on on Netflix. Um, it's such an amazing documentary. And I, and I mention this because they talk about how um, the progression of a young motorbike rider um, and what they go through to, in order to be a champion. And, and Remy Gardner is such an amazing story. Because you look at Wayne Gardner was really the guy that, I, in my eyes, as a young kid and loving motorsport, really set it off for us in, in when it comes to motorbikes. You know, then Mick Dewan took it over, and then Casey Stone. They're, they're sort of the three most famous names you know in, in MotoGP. But in the MotoGP2 class, it's not the only area where Australia is dominating motorsport. You've got Jack Dewan, who is Mick Dewan's son, who's in Formula 3 in motorcars, who is winning races and potentially can also win for Formula 3 and, and Formula 2 and, and potentially become a Formula 1 driver. So um, Australian motorsport, and Oscar Piastri is a young kid, came from go-karting. He's killing it in the motor racing over in Europe as well. We, we, we have such a phenomenal history when it comes to motor racing, but you're quite right, Tim. This weekend could be such a magical moment mm. seeing Wayne Gardner's son become world champion in Moto2. I, I think it's such an awesome thing. And, 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 and I can only imagine it's not because he has his father's last name that he's there. So anybody mm. that doesn't understand motorsport, he would have to work his ass off to get to where he is now. And I just think it's such an awesome achievement and, and God willing, he can achieve it. Yeah, big time. The Wollongong whiz kid, mate. Hey, talk me through this Vestal versus Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cute because Ricardo, when he was at Red Bull, had this image and um, and the stigma to be such an aggressive driver, to find the gap, take the gap, be last of the late breakers. And sort of Verstappen was this new whiz kid who was more the controlled sort of understood the car, understood racing, and racing was in his blood from his dad, Jos Verstappen, right? Um, I think now, you know, that comparison, Verstappen wants to put a full stop to him and say, no, nah, I, I completely surpassed this guy. I can break late. I can take the gap. I can win races. I'm more aggressive. And now I, I can win a world championship, which he couldn't do. And I Ooh. think just subtly Verstappen wants to put a full stop and say, Ricardo is so the past now. He's gone to McLaren. He's gone, he's gone to Renault. He's gone to McLaren now. And I am the man. And I mm. think that's cute. I, I think 
I think that's actually a feather in the cap to Ricardo because for him to mention it, like to actually still think about that, I reckon there's a lot of comparisons within the team where people mention Ricardo whilst Verstappen's there saying, you know, Ricardo did this, Ricardo did that. But it actually shows, you know, like looking back, if Ricardo really wanted to win a world championship, was his best chance at Red Bull? Finally, what, what about Jake Paul? He's a character. He's a character of nothing else, John. I, I love it. I love it. I love it because, you know, I, I like entertainment. And for any for anybody that wants to tell me, like, that sport is not entertainment, they can go because it is. Whether, whether, whether you like it or not, it's entertainment. And, you know, this fight against Tommy Fury is um, – I, I think Tommy Fury absolutely bashes him, you know, I, I, and – He's doing whatever he can, one, to get under his skin, and two, to promote the fight. Because I think people know, like, how the hell is he going to survive against Tommy Fury? And now he's come out and said, look, when he fought um, homeboy Tyron Woodley, he said to him, look, when I win, you're going to have to tattoo I love Jake Paul on, yeah. your, on your body. And he won, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, it's a, it's a double blow. So he's gone now with Tommy Fury. He's gone, listen, if I win, you have to change your name to Tommy Fumble because Tommy Fury was once upon a time on, on I think it was uh, Love Island or one of those yeah, yeah, weird yeah. freaking shows. So, um, so apparently the Fury camp because they're so, they're used to boxing negotiations. They they get these weird requests <laughs> from Jake Paul, and they, they reckon doing the contract negotiation has been the most bizarre thing. And, and fair play to him, he's gone. Look, if I lose, I'll give you half a million dollars extra in the first bonus. Mm. So you know, I think I think every, I think it's, it's so man. bizarre. They can't. It will, yeah, exactly. They can't say to to Jay Paul, you're an idiot. Because it's like, well, half a million is half a billion. That's but at right. the same time, changing changing a name to Tommy Fumbles for a year would just be like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a huge slap in the face. Because Tommy would have to fight the next year and he'd come out as, and in Tommy. the red corner, Tommy Fumbles, you know? <laughs> like, it would just ruin the guy's career, you know? So, I, I think, look, I think it's pretty cool entertainment. And I, I, I honestly, his last fight, he, he, he didn't, Complete look like a fish out of water. He actually could, you know, he had a little bit of skill. Then the more he fights, mm. and that's just the way of life, you get better, right? So I'm hoping, yeah, look, I'm hoping the fight does get through, and I reckon it'll be a, it'll be a spectacle, which I'm happy to watch. Tommy, we'll go right to we'll the body and up and cut to the head, and Tommy fumbles, he's down. Tommy fumbles, he's down. <laughs> All right, Steph, next week. Talk to you then. Awesome, boys. Cheers, eh? Good man, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Shad Wicker and to John Stephenson and our wonderful sponsors. Yeah, wonderful sponsors in Maine Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, MaineHairCare.com. And, of course, our great producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back on Monday to do it all again. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.